The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome into the Honda Lesson Sports Talk Show. Demi Lache is here in studio with. The one and only Captain Kurt Felt Keller's in the building as well. Yes. Welcome in. The in. Building. Welcome in, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Today it is Tuesday. Tito Taco Tuesday, whichever Tuesday you want to jump into. Maybe sobering you can morning. Switch. Sobering morning? Very sobering morning. We lost two icons um, over the last 24 hours. And uh, one, I think Pat Summit, who in my mind is on the same plane as a Muhammad Ali, et cetera, because she was transcendent to the sport in which she did so much for women's rights and equality and other things that far more than just being a basketball coach. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about, you think about like title nine references, especially doing with the NCAA. She went through uh, every piece of part of that. She was a part of that. She was one of the leaders behind, um, you know, building that and making it. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's nice to see it as a written rule, but to actually have it as an impactful influence, she was all about it. She was all a part of it. She was the front face behind it. And for her 33 years of coaching at Tennessee as a volunteer, uh, much due respect to the great late Pat Summit now at 64. Yeah, the, way too young to yes, be dying. Absolutely. Way, way, way too young. And uh, my mother died of this three years ago. So oh, I wow. know how yeah. quickly it happens and, and uh, how it moves. Um, mm. But I'm going to be brash enough to say that the WNBA would not exist without a Pat Summit. Ooh, Kurt, you hit it right on the head. Uh, she, she instilled the ability for women's basketball to become truly a, uh, a, a primetime sport. And um, I, I know that the entire... Uh, basketball world and specifically the women's basketball world are, are certainly mourning the loss of uh, the great pat summit right and you talk about also what's going on today uh, in college basketball i don't think there would be a gino oriema existed if it wasn't mm-hmm. for a pat summit she was the the queen the throne of college oh. of women's basketball period and you hit it on the head also you know with the WNBA, it wouldn't be as serious it wouldn't what WNBA has been here for what 20 years now yeah and beforehand, these women, they played college ball and maybe they were some done. Olympics, and they were, yeah, yeah. And they were finished, going overseas. Maybe, maybe, and still doing nothing, but now it's become a primetime sport. You know, don't you find it funny that before there was Gino, mm-hmm. you know, Pat Summit dominated the women's game just the same, yet it's interesting how they say it's unfair that Gino dominates so much and that they want to regulate how, you know, it, it, he... It, they say he tends to yeah. cherry-pick the athletes, the best athletes. Hello, that's your job. <laughs> it's your job. And Pat Summit did that for decades, yeah. decades. And, and if it wasn't for this disease, 
Mm-hmm. Tennessee would still be the top program Absolutely. probably in the country. I think it still is. I think I don't watch uh, too much. I don't get into too much NCAA women's basketball, but I think it still has an impact. I think girls, women still take a look at that Tennessee letter and think about it. Like, you know, take that second guess like, wow, what if? Yeah. What but, what it's so much tradition there. But t- tradition is fine, but I I can't put Tennessee on the same level. Tennessee's a top 10 program. Yeah, Connecticut is the 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 standard. It's it's the de facto standard of mm-hmm. women's basketball today, uh, and that's why you see the outcry of so many people just saying, you know, it's unfair that Gino Ariema is able to do all this, and all he does is cherry pick the best talent. I, I I'm sorry, but you play to win the game. Yeah. I mean, the, in the infinite words of uh, Herman Herman. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you, how do you how do you not want to win the game? And you know, again, Pat Summit built such character into these women. And when you listen to the interviews, as you as you hear this throughout the day, you're just going to find an unbelievable love mm-hmm. for a person that, gosh, don't we wish we all had somebody like that in our Absolutely. lives that was that Absolutely. was that inspirational and changed us. And every one of them talks about you know, yeah, she was a basketball coach, but she was so much more. She was. I mean. Her inspirational thoughts, speeches, uh, phrases, quotes. I mean, I remember, heck, we in uh, we in football practice, looking up. You know, obviously, you know, before the Thursdays before the games, you're looking at inspirational thoughts and quotes. We get the Muhammad Ali's, but it was we was no far away from getting Pat Summit thoughts, inspirational yeah. thoughts. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like that is coming from the Pat Summit. Yeah, it's like man when she she walks in a room, she walks in any on t- television, you know everything takes a step back. You have yeah. to you know look in. She could take over a room, and I mean, what women right now are doing that in women's sports? You know, it's not many. You, women we say in general, Gino, we say Gino Ariema, and yeah, women. Period. You know, walking in a room and it's you know self dominant. Like hey. I, I think if Pat the Summit would have decided to run for president, she'd actually have a better chance than Hillary Clinton. <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. But I like Pat Summit. Um, yeah, and then we lost another icon, uh, the, the founder of the 46 defense. And mm-hmm. it bothers me so much when I hear the people who just don't know what they're talking about on, on SportsCenter this morning. I heard somebody say the 46 defense. It's not the 4-6 defense. It's the 40-6 defense. It was right. named for Doug Plank. <laughs> it was named for a specific individual in the role he played in the defense of walking up from his, his free safety position, mm-hmm. walked up and became another linebacker that allowed them to blitz from all sorts of angles. Right. Whether it was Doug or not was irrelevant. But that just that irks me when I, when I hear somebody who should know and – Mm-hmm. Hannah Storm, if you're listening, you know, <laughs> get fine. it right. Get bang, it bang. right. You can't call it. It's the 4-6. No, it's the 46 yeah. defense. Absolutely. I'm sorry, but I, I, that just that just irks me to yeah. no end. I mean, you, you got to give gotta praise. Know. You got to do it right, you know. Well, if you're going to give praise, if you're going to, yeah. you know, pay homage, you got to do it right. It's Don't the be, 46. Don't call yeah. it the 4-6. The 4-6 I, defense. I played under the 46 <laughs> defense. My first two years of college football, yeah. actually first three years, because a protege of Buddy Ryan 
was my defensive coordinator and Rick Minard, who spent uh, years at Notre Dame. He was yep. a head coach at Notre Dame at one point. He's the head coach of the University of Cincinnati where he coached uh, Rex Ryan into his first NCAA um, coaching gig along with Mike Tomlin on his staff. So I played under the 46. Yeah. It was the real deal going into the bare front. It's the first time I've ever seen, ever been around. Like It's literally we're in meetings as an offense day two, day three of camp. And we're looking at each other as, you know, offensive players and receivers and quarterbacks. How in the, how in the world do we get past this? I don't know if they're in cover two. We're trying to yeah. throw it deep, and they're blinging guys, five guys on one side. Yeah. We've never seen this before coming out of high school. So this was a unknown source. I mean, literally, we, we were a losing program. When I got there, they were the – this NES State was the most losing program D1. In yeah. 33-game losers, something like that, something ridiculous. We get their first – Season, uh, change that around. First winning season, like in, in like five seasons, and uh, it, all that goes to Rick Minner bringing in that forty six. I tell you right now, our defense confused. I mean, we didn't have the best athletes. We uh, had a lot of speed. We weren't the biggest guys at all, but we messed some guys up. We oh, yeah. tore up some defenses. I mean, co- offensive coordinators was like, we didn't even know this defense still existed. It was it was phenomenal. It was fun. The true testament of how great the 46 defense is, it's still run today. I love it. And, and in my mind, it isn't that while it changed the f- defensive philosophy of football, I don't think we give enough credit of how it's changed the offense because the only way to combat a 46 defense is to get the ball out quickly mm-hmm. and know your reads. The, you're a three-step drop, maybe a five, never a seven, against the 46 defense. No way. Everybody's running a form of the 46 defense now or trying to. The Cardinals still do. I'm yeah. hoping that Kwame does call in because, of course, he played underneath the uh, Ryans. Right, and, right. And it, would be, it would be interesting to get his perspective on the man because we just know of some of his brashness and, and, and we don't really – I don't really know the man side of Buddy Ryan. Right. And that's why I'd love to hear from Kwame about that. Definitely. But, but in my mind, again, the testament of how great that defense is is that it changed the offense of today. Today you see the spread look. You've got three, four, five receivers mm-hmm. at times, and they're quick slants. Uh, I would say that the West Coast offense mm-hmm. is the byproduct of Bill Walsh trying to figure out how am I going to beat the 46 defense. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely evolved from where it started with, with the Chicago Bears and even before then when he was coaching with the Jets. It has evolved mm-hmm. to a big – I remember, like I said, going back to Coach Rick Minner and uh, his son Jesse Minner and how he spent days at Cincinnati with uh, Rex Ryan and, you know, how they talked about evolving it. And you talk about so many of these hybrid positions. Yeah. I've never heard of a stand-up rush backer until I met the 46 defense. Um, and then now all of a sudden, like you said, everyone's doing it. Everyone yeah. has a stand-up rush backer. The Cardinals do a phenomenal job of bringing like a Dayon Buchanan as a middle Absolutely. linebacker, quote unquote. No, he's just a hybrid defensive player. He's Doug Plank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but bigger, stronger, and faster. <laughs> exactly. You know, Doug's my size. Really? Oh yeah, See, Doug's not a big I thought, dude. He's a bigger guy. No, 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 no. Doug I'm not is saying not. you're a small guy. Yeah, you're thanks. A nice guy. You're a nice fit guy. You're a baseball guy. So you, you're nicely fit together. No, but but Doug is Doug is my size. I mean, he's literally it. But but I mean. Doug Plank played with a tenacity 
that, uh, you know, we talk about that all the time where you were looking for players that actually have that dog in them. And obviously yeah. Doug Plank had that dog in him because he was relentless. Oh, yeah. Relentless. And so. it's so funny because I watched the uh, the 30 for 30 because, you know, I'm a huge documentary fan of that yep. series, the Chicago Bears, 1985 Bears. And you – yeah, they ran the 46 defense, which was, you know, uh, put together creatively uh, on his own. But you hear about the impact of when Buddy Ryan walked in the locker room, when he held mm-hmm. meetings, how silent it was. And you, you you couldn't do anything in the meeting. You better be watching film or he'll keep you in film all day and all night long. And how, that bi- how big of a change it was for those players on that 85 Bears team. It's so funny because I felt like even during our meetings as an offensive player, I'm getting coached. I feel like I was getting coached by a Buddy Ryan, yeah. his protege, and I felt what those guys are feeling when they were telling their story. I'm like, man, that is crazy because when Minner was there, I'm like, he had offensive guys paying attention. What's going on across the room? Yeah. I mean, it, you felt that impact when he walked in the room. It yeah. was all business. Uh, he, he taught me how to practice, you know, with a purpose and uh, at a at a faster pace and just, just learning, understanding the game so much yeah. more. I mean, the thought process of it and – you you start to begin to love it even more. So just the impact on how in, inspirational he was to the players, you know, getting them locked in and focused, and that's it, incredible, man. That's yeah. it's, it's hard. To, I'm, like I know Kwame, like you said, Kwame can say so much more because he was literally there with with right. the Buddy Ryan, right? And all I got was a protege look, but I can feel sure. as if I was under Buddy Ryan or Rex or probably not Rex. He, he Rex. tends to have a like, <laughs> he tends to have a good time with his, but. Definitely, like I felt that impact. Like, yeah, it was just crazy how that man changed my 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 thoughts of loving a game of football. Love the game. You'd probably like Rob Ryan better. Maybe. I no, I th- I think they're both. I couldn't dorks. I couldn't play with Rex. <laughs> I think they're both dorks. But I, I think you know what's interesting is when you look at like a, a Mike Ditka who has probably the biggest ego of of head coaches of all time. Of course. But he somehow found a way to coexist with Buddy Ryan because, as you'll remember, in that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Both of them were put on shoulders and taken out of that game at the end of the game. Not just Mike Ditka, how it yeah. always happens, the head coach. No, mm-hmm. the defensive coordinator did too. And I, I, you know, I know for a fact that they didn't like each other, but they, you know, right. Mike Ditka was smart enough to realize, hey, this guy knows what he's doing, and I just need to let him do his thing on that 46 defense. You think about the players <laughs> that were on that team, you know, um, Richard Dent and, and Wilbur Marshall, Otis Wilson. Oh. I mean, it, it was yeah. it was Big just old. it was just amazing. Michael how, Singletary. Oh my God, they were just so brutally tough. My last year of football, uh, Michael Singletary's backup, uh, Ryan Cabral, was my defense coordinator. Yeah, uh, he played on that Bears team. He used to wear his championship ring all the time. Give us stories about Buddy. Ryan. I feel, like I told you, man, I felt like I was always being yeah. coached by Buddy Ryan. Right. But he just never walked in the room. But uh, yeah, you talk about a stellar. Defensive front, I mean, just the names you just named off. What they had about what six Hall of Famers on that. Oh, I, I've got to believe they've got at least six, six, and they probably Jesus have a few Christ. more waiting to go in. Yes, they will probably be going as a veterans committee. So, <laughs> yeah, they that that entire Ron, Ron Rivera. Oh, Ron Rivera was there. Yeah, absolutely. And now a head coach in the Carolina Panthers. Dom- yeah, man. Oh man. Yeah, and it turns out Carolina's got a pretty tough defense as, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah. Wow, who knew? Right. 
Yeah, Buddy <laughs> Ryan certainly had a lot of impact. So it's a it's a somber day today as we've lost a few icons, but but hopefully now we can celebrate their greatness in the light of which it w- really does deserve. You know, Pat Summit being in my mind oh, one man. of the most transcendent figures in sports period, and Buddy Ryan who who is impacted football in a lot of different ways. You know, as a person, eh, I'm not a real big fan. I don't like the way he went about things, but yeah. but um in fact, I, I, I think he's a complete idiot. First thing he says, there's a winner in town, comes to uh, Arizona, and then goes and <laughs> wins seven games in two years. Yeah. <laughs> so uh turns out there's not really a winner. <laughs> but um, but I shouldn't bash him on on this day. He he certainly has done a lot and changed a lot. He, he yeah. was just a great defensive coordinator, maybe just not the head coach. Right, right. And I think that's what he'll be more remembered as, the, as a great defensive mind, great yeah. defensive coordinator. Uh, man, a late great pass on, and I can't believe I'm saying it already. Uh, it's too soon. I mean, she was just phenomenal. Just growing up in the '90s, and I was a little kid, but I watched. I, I used to watch Tennessee women's basketball because of Pat Summit, because yeah. I used to hear about so much of her history. And by this point, she yeah. had won. She was winning title five, six, seven, and eight. And I'm like, man, this team is unbeatable. They will never be touched. And then Gino started to come along. Just what she did for women's basketball is incredible. I think she now has. Uh, currently the most wins, I think, as in NCAA history right now of basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's next to John Wooden, or maybe she's past John Wooden. I think she passed John Wooden. I think, okay. I think she passed John Wooden. Yeah. If anybody else knows that out there, give us a Please shout. give us a call. Us Let us know. Uh, but, yeah, you talk about the names of John Wooden. You put her name in that yeah. in that category, in that box now. And those are names you, that are, you know, you think as untouchable. You know, the yeah. John Wooden, the Pat Summit. Who's next? You know, Coach K. I don't like. You know, who's next in that category? Yeah, I. Well, I think Gino's got to be there. Well, Gino. Yeah, Gino has. You know, Gino. Gino's in the room. He's at the you table. Know, you just wonder. You know, I. I'd love to see Gino Ariama go and coach a men's team. I'd love to see what would happen. That, that'll be. I think. I think. You know, there's not a lot of people smarter than him from an X's and O's perspective. Right. Um, and you wonder about Pat Summit probably would have been able to do the same things if she would have had the opportunity to coach the men's team. She knew the X's and O's. Mm-hmm. She knew the game, period. Yep. I know we're coming up against a break, so I'm going to hold off on something that I'm going to have to give kudos to, but it pains me to do so. Uh-oh. Absolutely pains me in in no ways. And we'll, we can talk more about that <laughs> on the other side of this break. But Definitely. Ugh. Definitely, yeah. We're gonna switch gears a little bit after the break. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show with Demery Lachey and Kurt Felkeller, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Hi, I'm John Rainey, Chief Financial Officer of United Airlines, and I'm honored to be the National Chair for the 2015 March for Babies campaign for the March of Dimes. United is a proud supporter of the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Please join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit marchofdimes.org. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Yeah, Spider-Man and Free in full effect. You ready, Ron? I'm ready. You ready, dude? I'm ready, Slick, are you? Oh, yeah. Ready, guys. Girl, I must hey, welcome back. Welcome back in to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Demi Lachey, Kurt Feldkeller is in the building. You all can join us. Call us anytime, 888-346-9144 on this beautiful Tuesday out here in the Valley. Absolutely. Kwame on assignment? Kwame is out on assignment. Beautiful Seattle. Seattle in the summertime. Seattle. That would be wonderful to Seattle be Seattle in the summer. I was, uh, I was potentially going to go on this trip, but... But hey, I gotta head south tomorrow, so Okay. You know, I'm heading south. South, south of the border. Oh, you're going to oh, Mexico, yeah. your favorite part. Mexico. See. Si. Your favorite your favorite country. It absolutely is. So you know, I <laughs> talked before we broke out of that first segment. And I hate doing this. I hate doing this, and I don't know how you feel about it, but I've gotta give kudos to the University of Arizona Wildcats. Yeah, you, it pains me. I'm okay with that. They are in the well, college not, not series, pain, but I'm okay World with Series the, uh, finals. Yeah. They're in the finals of the college World Series. They finished, I believe, sixth in the Pac-10 this year during the regular season and went on a hot streak like no one else. They're facing Coastal Carolina, which, mm-hmm. no, not the traditional powerhouse of baseball, but somehow Arizona and Coastal Carolina went through the typical powerhouses at the College World Series right. and are both in the finals. Yesterday, they took on the Coastal Carolina ace and just shredded him. And, uh, in fact, the game was never as close as the final score, but um, I don't know how you are, but <laughs> I... I'm actually rooting for U of A to win. And I think it's because, you know. You're an ASU guy. I'm an ASU guy. I'm, I'm a Sun Devil man. <laughs> and, uh, but I also know that when the Sun Devils are, are out, so, which happens a lot in basketball and, of course. and, and other times, I I'd l- I'd like seeing the state of Arizona do well. And so U of A, I'm open enough to say, go U of A. Let's bring this baby home. And they are so hot right now, it makes me laugh. And you watch what's going on in their dugout. Mm-hmm. This has got to be the loosest crew I've ever seen. They are doing skit upon skit <laughs> upon skit and antics yeah. and dancing and everything going on. Yeah. You got to love it. Yeah. They're, they're a fun bunch group. But honestly, they're, they're playing with no... No pressure. It's like we're we're not supposed to be here. They yeah. don't want us here. You yeah. know, they, nobody wanted we, them. We to were keep six winning. in the in the Pac-12. <laughs> nobody wanted us here. Nobody, everybody counted us out. So we're gonna sit back. We're gonna enjoy this. We have no pressure. Let's just go out and play. Let's go play baseball. Yeah. Let's it, let's go swing the bat, catch some pop flies, and strike some guys. Let's let's go play. Let's go play baseball. Why not? Yeah. They're playing great baseball, man. And it's so I'm gonna continue to cheer on the Wild Kitties. 
and hopefully they will um, they will bring home a College World Series, which will tie them for national championships with my Sun Devils mm. as fourth all time. Uh-oh. Yeah, Uh-oh. not not really excited about come that, on, but going to have to. I got to get together. I know. Well, I, I don't even know where Sun Devil baseball is going anymore. I I talked to I'm the disgusted. director of I'm Sun Devils of ASU baseball. He comes into uh, my job a lot and uh, gets a lot of prints and stuff made, and we have conversation about baseball all the time. And he was telling me about the tournament and how, you know, hey, you don't have to have the best record, especially the Pac-12. Mm. It's, it's so a, good. It's a bigger power five, and it's the the competition. It's not about so good. Yeah, it's not about like we're we're playing in like I don't know Missouri Valley. We're the number right. one team, but the level of competition out here in the Pac-12, and you think about you know um, the the rankings of college football, and remember how yeah. the BCS used to be. Uh, they just loved SEC. Right. It's not about just because they have four losses or five. It's literally look who they're losing against. Right. These are guys. This is a top conference in baseball we're talking yep. about. So he was saying we still have a shot, and he was telling me the record, and they're like around 500. I'm like, there's no way you guys can get it. He was like, no, they, we're actually close to having a yeah. pretty good seat. Yeah. I'm like, wow, baseball is so wide open. And we're also talking about how many teams get in right. um, to the NCAA World Series, College World Series uh, tournament. It, it's it's so many. You know, yeah. I thought I was thinking it was just the 64, but that's just half of it. And yeah. Yeah, so it, many ways but you can get in. Again, kudos and and yeah. how great to be a U of A baseball player on that team. I mean, how much fun are they having? Are they having a blast? You know, as I was watching the game, I'm I'm looking at the stadium that they're playing in. Mm-hmm. You know, there was nothing better than going to Omaha and playing in that stadium. You played there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Two College World Series. So let me shut um, up. So, <laughs> but shut up. but believe me, the game has changed so much. Uh-huh. It was you were treated as gods when you walked around the city. Of course, everybody took care of you, and then but we had nothing but hillside on the back. People sat on the grass mm-hmm. for the. And now they've got these huge stands and everything. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful facility. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I've, I kind of feel like it's lost some of its charm. And I kind of feel like that with all college sports and amateur sports is that, and college sports especially, it's no longer amateur. This is this is a full-time job that you're going to if you're a college athlete in today's world. Even in your world, Even, it was a yeah. full-time, that oh, was a, yeah. that, you playing football, that was a full-time gig. It was. It, it has it changed was. a lot over the, the uh, decades that yeah. it's been. But um, it's no longer the quaint little venue where you know people are literally you're walking down the street and they're bringing out desserts for you walking down the sidewalk because <laughs> they see you wearing your gear and mm, oh, yeah. and they're giving you apple pie or something or or you know a marshmallow treat which i know sounds so boring but it was the coolest thing ever <laughs> and uh it, it just has changed you yeah. just don't have the same intimacy as this thing has become truly a huge event they just want they, they won the national championship what three years ago yeah four years ago four years ago um my friend, who I grew up with, went to U of A. He was on that team. He was pitching. I don't know where he's at now, but he was on that team. I remember giving him a call and just yeah. rooting him on and everything for the U of A. So that's the only reason why I'm cheering for them because I got some type of connect, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you you talk about just amateur sports, period, and how it's mm-hmm. evolved. And you look at the Little League World Series even. <sighs> You know. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's disgusting in my eyes, and I'm sorry. And and I know I'm sounding like the bitter old white guy, 
But well, the things have. I mean, to put that kind of pressure on these kids, mm-hmm. you're not allowing them to be kids anymore. They're interviewing these flipping little ten year olds who don't know any and better, holding them accountable. And accountable. What happened when you struck out there? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Give me a break. This is this is where I, I struggle. I mean, the the it keeps go, going down lower and lower. I mean, they're ranking sixth. Sixth graders yeah. for basketball stuff and right. baseball stuff oh, and yeah. football stuff. You're ranked already in sixth grade. I, I I just don't, you know, and demanding kids to specialize in right. one sport. Right. I mean, how many sports did you play in high school? Uh, four? Yeah. Four. That's gone. Oh, yeah. That's gone. Yeah. You know, I had, I had 11 letters in high school. Mm-hmm. I was a good athlete. I played all the different sports. Mm-hmm. But... I you couldn't do that today. No, you can't you, do you, that today. Yeah, you're not you allowed have to, to. You you have to drop down to one, maybe two, but you're not playing four. Yeah, when I was in high school, my basketball coach, legendary coach in the state of Indiana, literally told me you're gonna have to drop these sports if you want to if you want to play on this court. I'm disgusted. If you want to play? Like obviously, he knew my talent. He yeah. was you know, he, we had we we were a D one just work. Out facility. I mean, every yeah. coach in the Midwest lived at our high school, and he would say, "If you want to get on the court, you have to drop everything else." Oh my goodness! I'm like, I'm 15. I just got here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm having a great time. Wow. Yeah. But you know, that's it, changed. It, it, it has changed, and I don't know. I don't know if it'll ever go back. So yeah, you got the book will. open. Oh, absolutely. What we got in the so statistics this week? Wimbledon has started. Okay. And I think one of the big storylines for me Uh-oh. has been Serena Williams. Okay, women. Serena Williams is 35 years old. Is she? Yeah. She looks 20. She plays like 25. She, she, she plays like just the best player in the world. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, and she's been to, I don't know how many major finals, but it's significant. And she's still dominating the game. I was watching her a little bit this morning. She is so powerful. She overwhelms them with her serves, her ground strokes. She's just so much stronger than everyone else. And it bugs me that she doesn't get, one, I think that she's one of the coolest people and the way she handles herself in front of the media. Mm -hmm. You never hear anything bad about Serena. Never. And then I think she's also just a stunningly beautiful woman. Yes. And no question about and, that. And then I and it makes me sick when some guy oh, she's not beautiful at all. She's too big. She's like a man. I'm going, give me a man that looks like that. <laughs> right. uh, suddenly Show apparently me a man I'm that looks gay. Like that. <laughs> apparently I'm gay. So uh I but I don't think she's getting the kind of support and accolades that she should. Because no of the way she has dominated this sport for so long and still is, is I mean, she's the number one seed every single tournament. Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what, whether it's grass, clay, hard court, doesn't matter. Right. Serena Williams, I, you've got to start looking at her as one of the best women athletes ever. In my mind, mm-hmm. because of what she's done, uh, she's probably going to roll right through to the finals again at this Wimbledon. Yeah. I want her to win. She, I want her. To, I want her to do the Grand Slam this year. We, yeah, and 
Unfortunately, she lost in the finals of the uh, Australian, but. But it's it's the finals or nothing for her. That's oh, her absolutely. level. That that's her level. Who who else? What other competitors do you know? Just in any sport, man or female, has that stigma on them. LeBron James, maybe it's either finals yeah. or or nothing. Uh, Serena Williams for sure. Tiger used to have it, but I think that's where we all got it from. That Tiger Woods. That's yeah. where I know I learned it. You know, Tiger. See, yeah. he wins the mat. He wins the final or no or nothing. And I think you're right about. But what I when you look at. LeBron is one thing, but when you look at right. Serena or Tiger, when you dominate as an individual, individual in your sport yeah. the way that they have, right? To me, that that that's just that's beyond reproach. You just the magnificence that we're having an opportunity to witness. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we're going to see that this again. So I I hope people pay attention to this this uh, Wimbledon because you're not going to see somebody like Serena Williams ever again. Just and uh, my favorite part about Serena Williams, she's been doing this since she was what 18, 19 as oh, yeah. a pro. 17, I 17. think. 17. Yeah. And when she used to have the little beads in the hair. Yep. And she is just not giving it up. She's like this is my crown year in year out tournament every like you just said after every tournament no matter what playing surface we're on. Who's who's going to take my crown? Who's right. coming? Cuz I I'm not giving it up. For you so many, me to, no, I'm not giving it up. And for care. so many years, it was Venus. Venus dominated when she was 18 to 20. And I remember yeah. listening to Richard Williams, the father, who said, you know, and everybody's going, you know, Venus is just all this. And he said, hey, yes, she is, but look out for her younger sister. <laughs> right. Her younger sister's better than her. Yes. And we're getting, there's no way, because Venus was just tearing up. Oh, yeah. The, the tennis world in in her beginning. And, you know, again, here's another person who she's 38 mm-hmm. and still dominating and playing well. She's playing well. After being sick. Yes. Right? And, they, and she's, they, just they, yeah. she's just amazing. She's just amazing. So I, I love this. I love the Williams sisters and what they've done for tennis. But um, we need to pay more attention to Serena and give her the kudos that she deserves because this isn't coming along again, folks. So, uh, so. Take the opportunity to watch what you can. Why is she being overlooked? What, what's your What's your take on it? Before we move you on, you know, I and I, it's baffling to me. I mean, there's an obvious answer. Of course, there's an obvious answer. But here's somebody who does the right thing all the time, is gracious in defeat, is gracious in victory. I I don't know. She just seems like the most wonderful person ever. But and always gives accolades to her opponents, never talks about me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if I've got a, a young daughter, I want them to be just like Serena. Right. I want them to be the dog right. on the court. Mm-hmm. But when it's over, it's just thank you very much. And it was a hard-fought match, and my opponent was amazing today and yeah. just didn't have it, and I was lucky to get through this. These are the things that Serena says. Yeah. And you're just going, really? Really? You're that cool? You're that – and I – she pays homage like no other, like no, no other domin- dominating athlete. You expect her to to be upset, to throw a fit. Listen no. to LeBron. Listen to Tiger. Listen to right. to all the others that mm-hmm. that are are truly dominant in their sports. They don't have the demeanor of a Serena Williams. Not at and all. And to me, all parents, you want your kids to grow up like Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. We all should look at Serena and say thank you for being a great inspiration, a great light yeah. of how we all should act. And honestly, she she fights through some odds. She, oh. you see how some of the I don't know what you call those in in, in tennis, the referees, the uh, the judges, I guess, 
she'll she may get into it with them, but yeah. it's literally unfair cause. Absolutely. And she'd be like, "This is a bunch." That's when you hear Serena go off. Yeah. Because she's like, y'all are not going to hold this accountable. Y'all not going to make this on you all. Yeah. That's some BS. And she yeah. will make you hear it. I, I love that part of Serena. No, I listen, when she's on the court, look oh out. Oh, my goodness. She will take you out. She will take you out. So, but, you know, I, 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 just, I just wish she would get more acclaim for what she does. Absolutely. Because she's, she's in my mind... An inspiration, both athletically and as a person. She has Wimbledon coming up, like you said, and uh, I think she's going to be most dominant once again. She was rolling this morning. It was it it was hilarious watching <laughs> her against this, uh, I think, a Slovakian, and and just and they're talking about the the power of this the serve of the Slovakian and all this stuff, and Serena is just Serena's playing with her. Just <laughs> toying with her. And then all of a sudden she just unleashes this a powerful backhand or forehand and just, you know, you're just watching the, the woman crumble. She won, I think, one point in three games that I watched. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just, you're just witnessing greatness. Yeah. You will never, ever, ever see somebody like this again. Catch a glimpse when you can. Yeah. It's not We're living in a very unique yeah. time yeah. because I think everybody's getting so much better. Catch a glimpse when you can because so, it's, I don't think it's going to be too much longer, but she's not giving it up anytime soon, and I love that. Heck no. <laughs> Heck no. I love that. Yeah. So, and then other Wimbledon things going on. You know, Rafael mm-hmm. Nadal, I believe that his greatness, his he was a, uh, a shooting star. He was very bright for a very mm-hmm. short time, but now he's gone. Roger Federer What's continues to— well, here's another guy who's 36, 37 years old. Oh, yeah. He might even be 38. I think he might be 38. He continues to play at a, at a ridiculous level. Mm-hmm. And, and, yes, he, he doesn't win. I mean, Djokovic is, is by far the best men's tennis player. Now, yes. Right now. Uh, and he is dominant. But Federer continues to find a way at his advanced age, and he's got a lot of miles on those legs. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of miles. Yeah. Because he, he always goes to the quarters or semis or finals in mm-hmm. every single tournament that he plays. Yeah, we're talking about a guy who took over that throne after uh, Pete Sampras. Yeah. Passed on, you know, there's always that next one. You know, I went, you go from Agassi to Sampras, Roger Federer, Nadal was up. Now Nadal was flirting around with it. Oh, for, for two, three years, was, he, he was, was the best yeah. thing in tennis. Maybe it was on clay, on grass. One of them, one of the two were dominating, and then Federer found a way, like you said. Yeah. But Federer withstood all that and mm-hmm. continued to win even through his dominance. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how things go. It will be. We do have to jump in another break. Coming up after the break, we will jump more into Kurt's fantastic book of journal, journalism he carries himself. So, uh, thank you for tuning in with Demi Lachey and Kurt Felkeller, and we'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience tune in to sports info um with daryl oliver and sam sword we'll talk about the drafts play-by-play and even what's happening in the offseason 
Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Can you say hook, line, and porker? We're scratching both the hunting and fishing itch this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav by embarking on a combination hog hunting and fishing trip. Tune in for expert advice from Hal Schaefer and Greg Zipidelli of Drop Zone, Fire Disc co-creator Griffin Jaggard, and Jeff Thomason of Predator Pursuit for how to limit out on the water, how to bag some feral hogs, and even how to prepare them. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Back in to the, the last segment on this Tuesday, Kwame Lester Sports Talk Show. Demi Lachey's in the building. Captain Kurt, woohoo, is here as well. Very exciting, holding it down. You know, during the break, I was thinking about. I'm getting a little hungry, and Ooh. I have a craving for an egg McMuffin. Mm. I'm going to go get an egg McMuffin as soon as this show is over. From McDonald's, absolutely. McDonald's style. I mean, that's no the only, better than that, right? It's it's the only. It's the only way to go. That is, that is the best thing ever that McDonald's serves breakfast all day. Tell me scrambled eggs aren't the best thing to have for dinner <laughs> at night. You can't tell me they're not. I agree, Kurt. Eating a scrambled egg is, trust me, it's, it's on my uh, menu list <laughs> yeah. in, in my, uh, on my uh, diet, diet list of dinners. But, uh, no, it gets, it gets no better than that. Egg McMuffin all day, every day. McDonald's, it took them oh. a while to finally pull the trigger on it. I know. How great is it, though? You can get I it any time of the day. Come. I know. That's why I am so excited <laughs> about that. And I'm having this hankering for an Egg McMuffin. So I'm you may get I am rolling out. You make it, too. Uh, no, 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 no. You don't want to I am it? very okay. focused right. on eating healthy. Um, and uh, I'm continuing my, my – that I've been on now for a little over three months mm-hmm. of I've cut out, you know, 90% of my carbs. I've cut out – 90% of sugars. Um, my dessert mm. for me, mm-hmm. in fact, I, Fawn Chang, if you're listening, thank you for the reminder and thank <laughs> you for offering to get me a little acai bowl Ooh. over at uh, Berry Divine. If you guys haven't tried this yet, it is, it's healthy and it's dessert. I gotta go, it Kurt. tastes like dessert. You it's, gotta it's go. It's a dessert taste? Oh, it tastes so good and it's berries and, and, go. and, um, this, 
hemp granola and stuff. And it's just yeah. all these natural organic things. And acai is amazing for you. But I get it in the soft serve. You can get it blended like a shake or a soft serve like like ice cream. Right. Okay. And acai is just, it's, it's a uh, very potent antioxidant. I'm it's one of the again. power foods. And I go multiple times a week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so... So it got me thinking. I, I was. You so know the guy that runs thing. the, the, the yeah. deal over there, right? Yeah, Todd, the owner over there. I, okay. I got turned on to it up in Sedona. Right. Uh, right. My brother took me there, and now they've opened one up on Cur- Curry and Scottsdale Road in, uh, mm-hmm. in Tempe. And um, they're opening up a couple more. One will be closer to the house, which will be nice. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I just, and I'm sorry to get off on this tangent, but yeah, I've got a hankering for an Egg McMuffin. Low calories. <laughs> You know, but so satisfying, you can't beat it. <laughs> Kurt you know, is gonna, I, I guarantee you, uh, before Friday, <laughs> Kurt is going to have two Egg McMuffins. You heard it here first. No, I'm just going to have the Your one. tea. But I might have a couple acai bowls. Okay. I, I can I tell you right that. now, I had one. Um, That's not breaking news. Not last night, but the night before, I had it for dinner. What? I had it for dinner. It's, oh, it's less than 300 calories, but it fills you up without making you feel mm-hmm. heavy. Right. Yeah, sometimes... Chinese food does that for me. Oh, Chinese food. Any carbohydrate-heavy, yeah. like pizza, stuff like that. I love it while I'm eating it, but I just want to shoot myself. Yeah. 40 minutes later, I'm going, you lard ass, get yeah. off this stuff. Stop <laughs> it. It's why I drink, it's why I drink you know, my Tito's and soda versus beer. Okay. Beer, beer's too heavy for me. Beer, and yeah, beer does make. You and Kwame know when I do have beer, it's it's like Coors Light on ice, which is water on water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, pretty I, much. I'm the biggest wimp there is when it comes to drinking that, I, and I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I don't know. I see. I see you take a few back. You're still standing your two feet. Well, no, no, pretty no, strong. But but I don't. A big night for me is four. Okay. Four drinks. That's a big night. I am usually somewhere between two and three, and that's it for me. I try to be two and three. Yeah. That's and I and I don't I generally will not drink during the week. Oh yeah, I I, I definitely uh, put that on my uh, menu on my on my dial list because when I first got here it was <laughs> hey anytime any anytime I can hanging yeah. out with Kwame yeah yeah I blame him but I literally <laughs> structured myself you know what just do it on weekends and I my body has gotten back into its form and yeah. I feel so much better just yeah, yeah just weekends only. And honestly, well, it got to the point where on the weekends, I'm, I can be just passing it up. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. okay. So it may be once a week or nothing a week. So yeah. it feels good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just uh, got – and, of course, now I'm heading down south of the uh, border uh, for the rest of the week. Oh, you so. have some burritos, some tacos. <sighs> I – all right, so here's another strange thing, and I shouldn't I shouldn't be admitting this to everybody, but let us know. You know what I really like? There's there's know. two things that I love when I'm down in Mexico. Tamales. No, hate tamales. By the way, oh. hate them, hate them. But so I had, they have in the mornings, they have these girls carrying these little five gallon plastic buckets full of egg burritos, and they're fresh. Hmm. Just made that more. Oh, they're so tasty. <laughs> and they're like nothing. And so I, I do that. And then it gets worse. Oh, no, it absolutely gets worse. I love having those little taco stands on the streets of Mexico. I love stopping and having some of those meat tacos. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not beef. I get it. I realize it's dog. It's chihuahua. It's something. <laughs> I get that. But it, they're just so good. 
you know, they they cut up this mystery meat, and you know, you throw enough, you throw enough hot sauce on that bad boy <laughs> with some of the toppings and stuff. You're good. You're good. Tell me, that's not the thing you got to do when you're in Mexico. You're right. You, I mean, you're absolutely right. The mystery meat is the way to go. Yeah, on the corner. It's so on tasty. the corner on the block. <laughs> You already hear from Kurt. Oh my God, Mexico! They, they got to be going. Oh God, look at this gringo coming over here, and he's gonna—he's—he's he's he's ordering so, up tacos, and he's excited, and he's exci- exactly. He doesn't know what he's eating. Let's yes, I do. <laughs> I know exactly what I'm eating. I know that it's cat, it's dog, it's rat, probably it's some squirrel. I'm sure. Some coyote. You don't. Yeah. Oh yeah, That's I've got funny. issues. It's funny. I got issues. Oh well. What else we got in the book today? Oh, well, you know, the the first day of free agency is coming up. Friday. Friday. Rank by position for me, if you will. Who are the most valuable free agents out there that actually are going to sign someplace other than where they are? Mm. So in my mind, you take LeBron off the list, you take Durant off the list. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh uh, yeah, obviously you got to take those gentlemen off. Um, okay, so I can't use the Rain F small forward. Is what you're telling me? We, I mean, it, do you position, really think that there's? Do, do we have to say? Do I have to say big man? No, I, I just go big man. I don't just, think there's just, a center anymore just, in okay. this world. But I mean, do you really think Durant has a chance of leaving where he's at? I mean, yeah, he has a chance to leave. But how big of it? I mean, what are you giving it? A ninety ten, eighty twenty? That he stays or that he leaves? Um, Either way. I would go with, say, 20, ah, 30% chance he'll leave. It used to be 60, but after that playoff run, before the playoff run, yep. I was, okay, it was about 60, 65% chance he's gone. Oh. Uh, throughout that playoff run, I think he actually felt and known and see, like, guys, we are there. We're, we're one year away from getting back to the finals. We are there. Yeah. We're one piece away. I we, think they would have beat Cleveland. It. We blew it. We had a 3-1 lead on the number one team in the Western Conference. Yeah. Steph Curry kind of banged up. We blew it. Yeah. They absolutely blew it. That means you you had, like I told you, they had the best team to me in the Western Conference in that finals matchup. Just that matchup. Yeah. They had it. They had a one all season every time these teams matched up. But they just blew it. So, Is uh, Durant going to stay with Westbrook for the rest of his career? I wouldn't say the rest of his career because who knows how things go nowadays. Um, I, I don't see them being together for the rest of the career, but I think we should get a good two more years out of this situation. Maybe two or three. Hmm. I'm not sure Durant signing, has that much. I can, I can see them doing one-year deals maybe tw- two more times Yeah, at the most. And then, hey, You guys know my opinion of Durant. I believe – He's an accident waiting to happen, and okay. that he's got two years left to be the prolific Durant that we know. Mm-hmm. And then his career, for all intents and purposes, he'll be a nice little piece, but he will not be the a cornerstone. And if I were him, mm-hmm. I don't believe he's going to leave, but I think he should. I think he should focus on getting rings. He does not need more money. Okay. He does not. Yeah. I mean, he's got hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. already, and that's off the court and and on the court. So it's not like he needs more money. But for him to cement any type of legacy in the NBA, mm-hmm. championships matter. They do, and I just don't see him doing it. So, 
I think he should leave, but I don't believe he will. Okay. So, all right. All right. So that gave you time to go look through your little list there <laughs> and decide, <laughs> you know, who's who's truly going to leave and where would they go? Oh, okay. We'll start off with the point guard, the guard positions. Now, all right. Just did my little list. All right. Uh, one name that stands out to me, and I think this guy is probably going to be the most valuable piece. Um, you're talking about it. You're bringing in a leader, a competitor, a winner at every level of basketball he's played, and that's Mike Conley. Whichever way he goes, I mean, he's a personal personal friend and somebody who I Truly underrated. Up. So overrated. No, underrated. Yeah, yeah. I think I, he's oh, yeah. truly underrated. I think he's an all-star guard. Maybe his... I think he still has better days ahead of him. Okay. He was just stuck in Memphis and behind some elite level point guards who had the green light, yeah. basically in scoring. Yeah. Mike Mike had everything else he could compete with with these competitor or with these elite point guards. He just didn't want to score. He just doesn't want to score because he has two dominant big men. He was giving the ball to in Memphis. So, but when he had the time to, he could score anytime he wanted. Um, but I think he's number one. Um, definitely on that list. Shooting guard, I would probably go with uh, Bradley Beal. Interesting. But really? I think he still can change. I think his, his days, his better days are ahead of him. I think he will opt out of Washington. Uh, he's been injury prone, but it, I, he kind of reminds me of a Steph Curry when Curry first got into the league, yeah. injured after year after year after year. But Golden State went ahead and signed him after they traded away their roster and Believed in this kid. I don't think uh, Washington's trading away John Wall or anyone else. They're going to build that team around Wall. Uh, Bill is going to make a splash somewhere. I'm thinking L.A. So you think Maybe he's leaving? Houston. L.A. or Houston uh, would be a good fit for Nobody's him. Nobody's talking about him. Nobody is. Um, but because his, his, he had so many injuries. Yeah. Uh, of course, you could say Durant at the small forward position. Um, thinking Demar Derozan. I don't know if he plays I, a. I was just going to say D- Derozan. I would I would put at the two. Okay. As well. Okay. Do you think he's going to leave? He he said he was not going to leave. Not he didn't pull he didn't pull a LeBron James and say I have no intention of leaving. Mm-hmm. He said I'm not going to leave Toronto. Do you believe that to be true? I don't believe it. I think he's a uh, with him being from LA and right now with that light shining so bright for a superstar for a star athlete to come that way. I, I think the Lakers are knocking at his door. Um, but I think he's going to believe and try to work something out with Toronto first. Uh, hmm. But I, I don't see well, him going back to Toronto. I don't, want, Toronto. I don't want to see him in Toronto. Be honest, I don't want to see him in Toronto either. I think he's, it, it's, he's lost in Toronto. Yeah. It's, he's too lost in, in the mix up there. And uh, Great coach in Casey, but they don't have – they're not going to bring in any big man, any bigger talent than what they have now. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, why would you want to go you're to gonna Toronto? Bring, you're gonna keep bringing in the same amount of talent, so that is a good name. I'd see him as another wing player, I guess, on this list. Um, then you go into the big man. It's a lot of big men uh, being can be shipped around. Uh, my favorites would be like the Joe Kim Noah. I think he'll go elsewhere, but I'm excited to see where Hassan Whiteside goes. See, I think I think Whiteside. I think he's going to L.A. Oh, I love. I would love to see him as a Laker. That would I be think he can bring in some. People will want to follow that young, athletic, yeah. big man. He gets his role as the big man role in the NBA today. He well, gets it. Yeah, and, and and that's why I don't call him or Noah centers. I think that they're mm-hmm. just athletic big men, and I think that's why you saw Golden State draft a large, very athletic big man. 
who is who's play they you know is a mm-hmm. power forward quote unquote, but the man can run. He can he he's very athletic and he can move it up and down the court. I think that's why I'd say Dwight Howard. I know you guys keep saying he's going to get the max, and I will be so disappointed if he does. Mm-hmm. He's he's just a train wreck. Yeah. I think he will destroy any team. <laughs> he will destroy any team that he goes to because of his nonsense. Absolutely. He's, God, what a baby. Absolutely. What um, a baby. Another point guard now, I got Jordan Clarkson out of L.A. Huh. I think he can be pretty impactful if you get he, with a winning you organization. You think he's a point? He's, oh, yeah. No question. Yeah? I can't see... He can run an offense through him. Yeah. I can see him. It starts with me. I mean, I'm, you're not looking going to see any elite play, but if he goes to like somewhere in the East, whew, good luck. Good, good, good luck stopping him in the wow. East. I mean, literally throwing his name right under Lowry. I mean, literally. Yeah. Like, he he has talent. He just played in terrible L.A. Well, yeah, the the Lakers. Anybody playing for Kobe Bryant is going to get lost. <laughs> so, gosh, we're running out of time. That sucks. Yeah. Darn it. That sucks. So we go, what, what do you call it? We say we had a 48, 47 We got a 47-hour break here that we're going to take. Break. <laughs> Absolutely. But we'll be back. Well, at least Emery will. I'll be back Thursday for sure. And um, Maybe I'll call in maybe, from Mexico. That'll be lovely with a taco or burrito, exactly. mystery meat in the hand. <laughs> we'd love to get that. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, Demry Lachey, Captain Kurt Felkeller. We out. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.